Blog Talk Radio. Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. I'm your host, Clifton Pettyjohn, and tonight's intro song was Brave by Sarah Borales.
we have a very special guest tonight who is discovering the very power of being brave. But before we get to our guest, I want to remind everyone that our guests that come on the show come from a very divergent background. With that in mind, we may not agree with some of the things they say. And from time to time, you may not even agree with some of the things that I say. But here, in this space, in this time, we will agree to respectfully disagree. And we are always willing to listen from a place of respect as opposed to judgment. Also, I will be opening up the phone lines at some time or some point of this show. For those who may have a question and or you might have a statement to add to our conversation, please keep your questions and your statements to one to two minutes. This allows for as many callers as possible to call in, as well as it allows time for our guests to be able to share their powerful stories. The call-in number is 516-378-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. I'm sorry, guys. 516-387-1756. All right? And now, without further ado, I want to welcome Ms. Keisha Brown to the show. Ms. Brown is a wife, a mother, a grandmother, an entrepreneur, a playwright, author, minister of the gospel, and so much more. Everyone, help me welcome Ms. Keisha Brown to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're glad that you could join us on tonight. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you guys invited me to share my story. I'm just so excited. Awesome, awesome. Listen, here's what we're going to start with. We had the intro song, and last month we got so deep into the conversation, we didn't get to talk about last month's intro song, but I didn't want this month to go by without us talking about the intro song. You heard the lyrics of the intro song. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the song or not. However, how does that song tie in with your life, with your purpose, with your vision, what it is that you set out to do, if it ties in at all? Um, as I was listening to the song, I heard the song before, but I mm-hmm. never really paid attention to the lyrics until now. You know how you just sing a song, and I'm always singing the wrong words anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I make up my own words as I go. But I, I actually listen to the lyrics of the song and I was sitting here like wow um wanting to be brave and the first thing came to my mind was we have a voice um Mm. so many women have a voice but because of the fear that traps us sometimes we lose our voice Mm -hmm. and when we lose our voice we lose ourselves. And because mm-hmm. of that, we get stuck. And then that's when the fear takes over. So that song was perfect. It was actually perfect. I was sitting here trying not to cry, even though it's an upbeat song. And it's like, wow, because the, the lyrics is really powerful. Um, so when I think about that, I just think about how powerful our voice is, um, whether it be male or female. But for women, 
because I, I really feel like I'm called to women, we have mm-hmm. a voice. And when we lose that voice, we feel like nobody hears us. So that's mm-hmm. what that song really means to me. Awesome. Song. Awesome, awesome. And I just want to share with the audience why I picked that song out. Keisha is one of my mentees. Um, and I'm really proud of, of what she's done over the years that I've known her. She's come a long way. Yes. <laughs> when, um, when, when I first met Keisha, she was not a, a big fan of me uh, nope. because of the purpose that, you know, I, I had in her life. And I know that I have the ability when I'm, I meet individuals that I know have great purpose, I know that I have the ability to irritate them at times because I want to eliminate every possible excuse for you to be as great as God has called you to be. So when I see, you know, her writing her book and getting ready to put on another stage play and everything that she's doing, I'm excited because I've seen some of her story and how it's unfolded. And the Be Brave was just, that's what I always wanted for her to accomplish. And all of those that I mentor or pastor or whatever, I want everybody to get to the place where they're brave enough to realize they have a voice and they have a purpose and that although those who may be around them currently or who have been around them in the past did not value, you know, what they had to offer, there is an audience that will value it. So that's why I picked that song out because it's just so powerful and and it's such freedom when you begin to realize the voice that you have and the freedom that you have and the ability to be brave that you have. All right. So here we're going to go. We're going to talk about your book. All right. Yes. You just recently released a book. When did you release your book? Um, I released my book, I would say about two months ago. Um, I don't even really remember the exact date. Um, But yeah, we released it about two months ago, and it's getting a lot of feedback, you know, positive feedback, so I'm really excited about that. The book is called Girl, Get Your Power Back. Now, listen, that's why I wanted – we're going to talk about the title first before we dive into uh, the context of the book, okay? So let's talk about the title. Girl, Get Your Power Back. Now, when you're talking about that word power, how do you communicate or – get uh, individuals to buy into the message that they even have a, have power? Because I know a lot of people who have been conditioned to believe from childhood, you know, their upbringing right. kind of gave them the concept that they really didn't have any power. Like they were either powerless or not as powerful as some of the circumstances that they were facing in life. So when you were writing the book or when you're uh, giving a talk about your book, and people ask you, you know, about getting that power back. What exactly are you attempting to communicate to individuals about that power? That's the first question. And then the second question would be, you know, how do you get them to understand that they even have power? Well, the first thing, um, when I came up with the title, Get Your Power Back, um, I knew for myself that over the years I was powerless. And one of the things I wanted to communicate to other women was that they they have power within them. And if you look at the cover of my book, um, there's a shoe, which is a stiletto. And women love shoes. So I 
kind of did that on purpose to get the attention of women that they would actually just pick up the book. Um, and for one example, the book is actually was in a beauty salon that I just left it in with my stylist that does my hair. And she was saying that a woman picked up the book that was just laying there and she kept looking at the cover. She would, she would read a couple of pages of the book and then flip back to the cover. And she was kind of taken back by the title because of what was inside the book. Um, Mm -hmm. But it goes back to saying that in order to get your power back, you have to realize who you are. Like Mm -hmm. you have to know who you are. And in order to know who you are, you really have to go to the root and get to the root of the brokenness. And so Mm -hmm. not to go so far ahead, but as I was writing the book, um, I wanted to allow women to see that in order to get your power or to even identify that you have power within you, you have to get to the root of the problem of why yes. why you're broken, you know, um, before you can discover that you have power. So I think it ties into going back a little bit because we have the, the power is already in us, but we lose it. Mm-hmm. And we lose it because of life situations and things that happen to us throughout the year. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question right. but yep. That was great. That was great. Um, you actually went into something we're going to talk about a little later um, as far as getting to the root of the problem. So I, I like that. I like how you talked about or the root of the issue. Now, also, I see, and I'm guessing this is the, the subtitle uh, to the book, Do You Want to Be Healed? Yes. Now, Do you want I want to ask you a question about that. Um, mm-hmm. That right there was so powerful to me, and it's a, it's a very, um, it's not a very deep, you know, like thought-provoking statement, but yet it is. Um, mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I found out in life is until you get to the place that you really want to be healed, you won't be healed. So right. how did you get to that place where, you know, you made up in your mind, you know, I've carried this long enough, this has weighed me down long enough, this has been my identity long enough, I need to break free from this thing so that I can live the life the Creator has for me. Right. I think it ties into um, my spiritual walk. Um, okay. The closer that... Um, you know, the more that I read God's word and really got with God, um, that's when my life began to change as far as healing. I knew that I could be healed, but I also struggled with knowing that something was wrong with me. I didn't mm-hmm. know that I was broken. I thought this was just life. This is just what happened, and you just deal with it. Um so I think I had to come to terms with, I got to want this. Yes, I mm-hmm. knew God can do it, and I knew that. But I also knew that I had a part to play in that. So I think um, sometimes we lose sight of that, um, or we just don't know where to begin. You know, we, we're we're taught that we just supposed to don't cry over spilt milk, you know. You just, mm-hmm. you know, or grown men don't cry or you know, some mm-hmm. those little yeah. cliches that um, 
that people have said over the years to us throughout our childhood, we kind of stuff it and we just take it and we take it until we break. And then when we break, we just, you know, we're, we're told we're crazy, but it's not that you're crazy. It's just that you've been taking on so much and dealing with so much and you haven't, you know, even let go or allow God to heal you. So I think first you have to really want to be healed um, so that healing can take place. God will do his part, but we also have a part to play in that. So I think that's where the title came in as. And I didn't want to, you know, come off as being uh, dictatorial in the title, but I wanted to let people know that you got to want this thing. You know, you have to want to want it for yourself. And and I've seen the power of God just transform my life. So. Awesome, awesome. I mean, and, and that's that's what I wanted to wanted you to hit right there as you were talking about. There's a part that we have to play in it, and that ties back into that power because mm-hmm. until we're really willing to play that part in our own lives we can't tap into, you know, how powerful we really are. You know, and right. I think that that's what a, a lot of times, as you were talking about how life situations hit us so hard, that sometimes we just think that it becomes a norm. Dysfunction yes. becomes a norm. And yes. anything that is functional, we feel as if it's attacking us. Yes. Or, or maybe that's just not for us because we've learned mm-hmm. how to function so much in dysfunction. Absolutely. So, so I want to now let's get into the book. Okay. Now I'm reading the book myself and I encourage men to go out and read the book as well. Uh, because although uh, she wrote it for women, the, those principles, those tools, those techniques can be applied to our lives as well. And there are some men that have been out there that have experienced uh, domestic violence as well. Uh, whether it's verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional, whatever type of of abuse they've experienced. And I believe I, I just got hooked as I was reading it, and I was trying to go throughout the entire book and pick out certain questions. We may have to do a part two to this interview because I was stuck right there at chapter one with coming up with the questions. Uh, as I mm-hmm. said, I'm reading the book, and there were some things that I highlighted in the first chapter. So that's what we're going to use for tonight's conversation. I'm going to okay. read some of the statements from the book, and I want you to elaborate on these statements for me, okay? okay? The first one you said, as little girls, we are often defined by childhood experiences. Our experiences can also help, uh, can also keep us from moving forward to life or forward to live, I'm sorry, can keep us from moving forward to living our best life. Yes, absolutely. Um, my Just taking my childhood as an example, our childhood experiences um, can really define our adult choices. Um, so when I, I believe when I was writing that statement, I was saying that, you know, as a child, when, you know, living in fear and living, um, seeing my mother go through what she went through with my father, um, which was a domestic violence household, you know, fear was prominent. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up saying I would never, I would never get into a relationship like that. I would never let no man hurt me like that, you know. 
And then mm-hmm. I found myself in a similar marriage. It wasn't physical abuse, but nevertheless, it was abuse. So mm-hmm. I think um, I was saying that our childhood experiences really, you know, can really shift us and shape us um, if, we're, if we don't deal with them. You know, we don't deal with them when we become adults. And it Perfect. really does. Now, now, here's the part I wanted to hit, too, I want you to elaborate a little bit on, too, as well, is where it says um, our experiences can also keep us from moving forward to living our best life. Now, I want to ask you a question. When you're talking about the concept of our best life, what concept are you talking about as far as best life? Or basically, should we each have our own definition of what our best life is? I think best life is what it is to you. Um, We each have our own life to live. For me, my best life was a life of freedom, um, a life of not living in bondage. Um, So I think it is whatever that is for you. I think you have to really know what you want in life. You know, you have to know what you want your life to play out. I always used to say this is not the end of my story. I have the ability to change how my story ends. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't we don't know that we have that ability because we just kind of going back to just taking whatever is given to us, but no, we have the ability to change how the story ends and it really ties into that generational curse thing. Um just because mom and daddy did it don't mean that's the way my life is going to play out, you know. So right. I I took the courage that I had as a little girl because I would say to my mom, you, you don't have to live like this. You can leave. You can, you know, we can go. And I remember I was probably eight years old, you know. So I've always been that fiery person, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. speaking life um, into people. And so I think we just have to know what it is that we have inside of us. You know, we just have to know. And you hit something that w- was so uh, key for me. You said, when I asked you about what is the best life, or uh, what is our best life, you said it. you have to find out what it is to you. I uh, counsel or coach a lot of people who are struggling in that area because their parents told them what they should do. Their mentor told them Mm. what they should do. Their pastor told them what they should do. Now, granted, they may have had great intentions behind it. However, there's a battle going on within that person because they're fighting against what has become the norm Versus what they're feeling inside to do And I feel like a lot of people You know, some people I'm not going to say they'll never reach their purpose But they might take a a detour on their purpose Because they haven't found that voice yet Yeah, understand that Mama loves me Daddy loves me You know, whoever that is that has great influence on me Loves me However, if I'm feeling this thing I got right. to take those steps to do it, even if, even if right. what I'm feeling at that moment may not be ultimately 
what it is I was created to do. It may be connected to my purpose, but I will never know until I take that step out, uh, that first step out, and begin to attempt it. Absolutely. I can relate to that because you know, well, you know me personally, so you know some of the struggles that I've had to endure um, with finding my voice and being okay with launching out. Um, that's one of the things that I've struggled with was because I was a people pleaser. Um, I wanted to please everybody and make sure everybody around me was happy and, you know, everybody's okay and, you know, home is okay, work is okay. But then I was miserable because I wasn't doing what God has given me to do, you know. And, And it wasn't until I got sick. When I was laying up in the hospital, when God got me all to my all to himself and I had nowhere to go, you know, and that's when it hit me. It was like, wait a minute. I don't know how much time I have left. You know, how much time we, we think we have left and we take it for granted. And and that's when it hit me. I got to do this now, you know, because um, I never want to live life with with a shoulda coulda but I never did it so for me I think we all struggle some way and that was just trying to um do what we are called to do or God has given us purpose and and given us things to do so I just say do it because if you don't do it you're going to have resentment and you're going to you're going to resent yourself you know my my son's who is a prime example of that, um, I told them both they had to go to college. It was no choice. You know, you're going, to, you're going to college, that's it. And they both, you know, went to college. But then they did what mom wanted them to do, and they both dropped out. And they both right. said, listen, we don't want this. I want to be a, one, want to be an entrepreneur, and the other one wanted to do heating, air conditioning, or whatever. And... And I said, listen, you, you have to do what you have to do for you. Yes, I wanted you to go to college, but that was my dream. And so, but they're both successful now, and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I just say you can't live your life for other people. You have to live your life for yourself. Right. Shout out to both of them. They are a prime example of living a life of transformation. Uh, and yes. finding out what it was and discover, okay, this is what it is that I want to do and are doing it, you know, with excellence. So I always commend young people that are willing to make that choice, even though at times it may make mommy mad or it may make yes. dad mad. It may, it may make, you know, as I said, those influential voices mad or those influential people mad. But in the end, you got to live that life. You know, you got to yes. give an account for it yourself. And we as mentors, and I, I always tell mentors all the time, you have to make sure that you're, you're dealing with what you need to deal with because sometimes we want people to live the dream that we gave up on. Mm. That's so we're right. trying to live our dream through them, and it's not yeah. their dream. Right. We, we just need to pick the dream back up that we have and live it Absolutely. ourselves. Absolutely. I always say, you know, we all have our 
we each have our own fan castle to build. Get your yes. own sandbox. <laughs> yes, play in your play in your sandbox. Quit trying to come steal my sand. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's so true. Now I want to hit something. You said, uh, another statement you said, fear was the catalyst which kept me from believing in myself or the future me that I knew I could become. Yes. Yes, fear. Fear kept me stuck for a long time. Um Living in fear because, you know, I grew up in fear. I I was always afraid. I was afraid something was going to happen to my mom. I was afraid to come home. I was afraid to go to school. I I lived in fear. And even though I, I was outspoken as a child, fear just dominated everything. And I was stuck. You know, my grandmother, who was my saving grace, um, you know, she she would take me and, and teach me things, and I, th- I thank God for her because she really kept my mind off of, you know, the other stuff that I was I had to go through. So fear really kept me stuck, and it was the catalyst that just mm-hmm. kept me in bondage for years. And And I had, even as an adult in my 20s, you know, I went from fear to failure because I I, I I didn't feel worthy of love. I didn't feel worthy of anybody loving me. Um, I didn't love myself, you know. So I had to work through a lot of things, a lot of things. And, and I want to hit something. You, you were talking about the things that you feared, and the things you listed were externally. Everything yes. that you fear was externally. But isn't it amazing how external fear can become internal bondages? Yes. Like, we'll, we'll fear those things externally. However, it it will affect or infect us internally. And yes. um, you were talking about how it gripped you. Would you say you were more uh, uh, fearful of failure or more fearful of success? I think for me, it was different times, different moments of my life. Um, I could say back then I was very motivated to succeed, you know, very driven. So I think it was a fear of failure because I didn't want to let anyone down. I didn't want to let my kids down. I didn't want to let my mom down. I didn't want to let anyone, my family, or anyone down. So I think I pushed and I pushed. But then I think as I got older, when I realized that I can do X, Y, and Z, and then things were happening, you know, the plays were going, and, you know, I was making progress, and then I just stopped. You know, I think that's when the fear of success creeped in because I saw the play sell out. I saw people show up and support me. I saw... Um, you know, people saying, you know, you need to keep going. And I was, but I also, too, was like, I didn't see myself. I didn't mm-hmm. see myself. I know what I prayed for. I know what I asked God for, but I didn't see me. I couldn't understand still 
why God was using me. Mm-hmm. And and I still struggle with it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's something that mm-hmm. I, I have to constantly talk to myself. I have to constantly tell myself, you are worthy. You are chosen. He has chosen you for such a time as this. You know, he has given you the gifts. He has given you this for his glory. I have to constantly tell myself when the inner me wants to, you know, say otherwise. So it's it's a battle. It's a battle that I have to constantly do. So that's a good question. And that takes me back to the second part of the the subtitle of your book, Do You Want to Be Healed? Because what you just said right there is you said that there are still some things that you still struggle with, but Mm -hmm. you also gave the battle strategy that you implemented to assure that although I may struggle with this, I'm not going to stay right there. Right. Now, have you ever had those moments where where you were struggling and you stayed right there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Can you talk to talk to the people that are out there right now that they're they're having those struggles? I want to be free, but then they feel it's like it's too much to being free because sometimes the reason why some of us don't fight to be free is because we become comfortable with that which is now, even though we don't like it. It's just right. become our norm. It doesn't take much work for us to do it. So how did you get to that place where you wanted to fight? Well, I think for me I had to realize that um, sometimes we think we don't have anything to fight for. Mm. You know, when you, lo- when you lose yourself mm. and you're in that, that, that state of darkness, it's really hard to identify What's my purpose or why should I even continue to live? Because suicide, like I was suicidal at one point in my life. So I understand that place of darkness. I understand that place of despair of giving up and just feeling like, why? You know, why am I here? But for me, I had to really get with God. And and, and I say this because, Nobody could do it. it. It was nothing but God. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I had to get with God. And it's, it's not about, you know, um, attending church every Sunday. You know, even if you just start with a simple prayer, um, a prayer of God help me, you know, I, I don't know how to get through this. You know, having a conversation with God. And that's really what it was when I couldn't pray for myself. I really just said, God, I need you to do it. I need you because I can't get myself out of this darkness. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say like a miracle just happened and I was just better. No, it mm-hmm. was a, it was a progression. Um, you know, it was something that I had to work at and I had to get into therapy. You know, mm-hmm. I had to, um, it was my son that said, hey, mom, I think you should go talk to somebody. He was 14 at the time. You mm. know, um, he said, mom, you, you should go talk to somebody because my mood swings was up and down. I was all over the place. I was in a state of depression, you know, so for your kid to see that in you. And I said, you know what, 
the first thing was, nothing is wrong with me. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> I was bleeding and wounded all over the place, you know, slamming pots and pans, cooking dinner, you know, so mm-hmm. angry, angry at the world. And it was my baby that said, Mom, go talk to somebody. And I listened. I listened, you know, despite of, of how I was feeling, you know, because we think, oh, what, what's the sense of therapy? I don't need no therapist. What is a therapist going to do for me? But let me tell you, the therapist was just a person there on the other side of the fence that was able to receive everything that I had in me without judgment. That's it. Just somebody that was able to take everything that I was I was pouring out because you have to get it out. You have you to have get it out. You have mm-hmm. to get it out. That stuff will make you sick. It's and toxic. It's toxic energy. It it makes you sick. It makes you weigh down. And so for people that feel like, you know, they're in a dark place right now and you don't know how you're going to do it, I always say just start from the basics, prayer. Prayer is my go-to when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel stressed out. I go to prayer because, that's the only thing that I know how to do, you know, when, you know, I used to go to other things that wasn't so positive, but mm-hmm. it didn't work for me. You know, I couldn't drink myself out of, out of the depression. Mm-hmm. I couldn't smoke myself out of depression. You know, I couldn't even sex myself out of the depression. So yeah. I had to get, I had to do something different. Cause if you keep trying the same thing and it's not working, then you have to do something different. And so I think for me, I had to define, number one, what was my reason for living, and I had to fight for it. One of the reasons was my kids. My kids, it was my kids that, you know, wanting to live. If I didn't want to live for myself, I said I love them enough to live for them because they need their mother, you know, so – and. People may not have a child, you know, but you have to say, you know what, that's when you have to get with God and allow God to love on you so that you can have your identity back. And he will give you your identity back in him. And then you will know that you are beautifully and wonderfully made in his image. And that only takes him for him to get with you and for you to know that. And once you know that, you won't allow, it won't be so easy for people to treat you any type of way because you know who you are. And so I think for me, I have a standard now because of who I serve. So my tolerance for certain behavior and for certain people, people, places, and things to treat me a certain type of way, I can no longer I don't have the capacity to take it anymore because I allowed God in. And so when I have more of him in me, he pushes all that other stuff out. Awesome. Awesome. So from that, from everything that you said, I took away two things. You said that what helped you was number one. You didn't look at it from a religious standpoint as far as with attending church. Um, and we're not devaluing attending church, 
but you hit what I feel is the most important thing. You talked about developing that personal relationship with God. You yes. established a communication with him, you know, and, and you that became your foundation. And then number two, you said you went to therapy. And you know that in our culture, that's a cuss word. Yes, yes, um, taboo. You know, so, and I'm glad you hit that. I'm glad you hit that because – uh, I was just again reading. Well, I watched a video from the the teenager that committed suicide. Um, mm-hmm. Was it this week or last week? Because uh, mm-hmm. he was being bullied for uh, being gay. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the video with his mo- um, his mother was talking about. She was talking about how he was going, you know, he was going to therapy because of the deep depression that he mm-hmm. had fallen into. And um, I too went to therapy. I'm a person. That counsels a lot of people, coach a lot of people. And for a while in my mind, even though I was doing that and providing those services to people, I didn't think therapy, I needed therapy. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, here's what I said. I'm not that weak that I need therapy. But wow. I, I was just destroying myself internally, and I began to verbally destroy those that were around me. Wow. So I realized I had to go, and my therapist, I told him, you're my best friend. <laughs> because cause he told me, he was like, it's going to take a couple of visits before you're willing to open up to me. But I think mm-hmm. after that first visit, and I was talking to him, he probably went home, and his mind probably was just blown. Because I realized, and I want some of you out here to understand why I suggest going to therapy, too, because some of you struggle with uh, those who have been in church culture or whatever culture you've been in, where you have confided in individuals that you should have been able to confide in. However, because they were still broken, when -hmm. you made them upset, they told some of those things that you confided in them. Mm -hmm. The perfect thing with that therapist is, legally they can't do that. Right. So I told my therapist, you know, I was like, you're probably the first one I've trusted to this level because you, I can sue you. Right. You know, so that's always my encouragement to those of you that are struggling with going to therapy. Understand there are things inside of you that you need to get out. You have to get out out of it. And we're getting ready to talk about something that she talked about in the beginning, but we're going to hit this thing because this is another statement you said. You said, I had to get to the root of the problem to be healed. And many of us, we're having conversations with people that are on our level or those that are or on the level to be able to help us through some of the deep-rooted issues. So we'll tell them some things we're going through, but we won't tell them the who, what, when, and why that's connected to what we're going through that will push us to that root in order to be healed. So how did you finally get to that place where you were willing to get to the root of your issues in order to be healed? Uh, it was a it was a journey. It was a process for me. Um like I said, I believe when I started therapy, um, I began to realize how my childhood, you know, really played a part in my adult choices um, and my relationships that I chose to be in um, because I it, there was a period of time where I just went from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship, and none of them lasted more than six months. Um and so doing that pattern of self-destruction 
and looking for love in all the wrong places and when I didn't love myself, you know. So I had to really stop, and I went back to my childhood. And when I went back and I saw the dynamics of, you know, mom and dad and how they related to one another, and I, I, I began to deal with those issues. I began to talk about it. I began to journal. Journaling is one of the things that I'm really big on. I began to really go back to, because a lot of those things I blocked out um, out of my subconscious mm-hmm. mind because I think mm-hmm. of the trauma of it all that sometimes you just, part of your mind just shuts that off because you don't want to remember because it's too painful. And so once I begin to really open myself up to go back to those places, that's when the change began to happen and and. And it, and everyone noticed it. That was the crazy part. Everyone said it was something different about I was more, I was nicer to people. I was, you know, uh, I had more humility. I, you know, I didn't curse nobody out. <laughs> so it was, so, you know, I, I started to really like me. You know, I really liked who I was and who I was becoming I wasn't labeled as the crazy girl anymore because, you know, um, I think people label you based upon your issue and they keep you there. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when you're you're not there anymore, they still try to bring you back to, oh, remember when you used to be? Yeah, but I'm not there anymore. You still on front Mm -hmm. street. I'm I'm on the back end already. So... I just think, you know, you just have to go back and really identify where the pain started. Where did you begin to feel like this? You know, it didn't sometimes we as adults we think that we just woke up this way and no, it was something that triggered it. It was something somebody did to us, somebody said to us, um the way somebody treated us that really helped us become who we are today. But that doesn't mean that's that's who we have to be, you know. And so I allow the transformation to take place um, by going back to my childhood and dealing with those painful memories because there was a point where I lost, like, my father was killed, my grandmother mm-hmm. died, and I lost three of my best childhood best friends all within, I think it was like six months apart from each other. It was like back to back to back. So when, as I was writing the book and I be, I began to recall those memories, I was like, whoa, no wonder why I was so messed up in the head. You know, I mm-hmm. lost, I've lost three, I lost three of my childhood best friends who died in a fire, my grandmother, who was like my best friend, and my father, who I didn't come to terms with from the right. abuse that he did with my, you know, had with my mom. So it was a lot. It was a lot that I had to deal with. So just going back to the root and dealing with those painful issues because you can't, you would carry it. Some people carry it to their grave and they never let it go. 
And and not only that, I just said even after writing the book, I'm going back to therapy. Right. Somebody said, right. somebody said, what? What do you mean you're going back to therapy? I said, mm-hmm. listen, I have to go back to therapy. I, and they said, why? You wrote this book? And I said, yeah, but healing is a journey. Yes. It is a journey. Just because I healed from one experience, I forgave, you know, my mother, my father, my ex-husband, and everybody, that doesn't mean that I don't still continue the process of healing. Because you know what? I realized something somebody says can trigger it. Or somebody yeah. do something to me can trigger, you know, a memory from before. So healing is a journey. And I, I just believe you can't get enough of it. <laughs> and and it, what, what you're talking about, as you're talking about that journey, one of the greatest things I, I tell everybody, one of the greatest things you can accomplish in life is self-awareness. When you become aware of your likes, your dislikes, I share after my divorce, I didn't really, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I disliked. I didn't know a lot of things I just didn't know. Um, because I had just lived externally so long, um, even before the marriage, I was living externally. So when I began that journey of healing, one of the things that I had to do was to begin to learn who I was, learn those likes and dislikes, and then begin to identify my triggers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we run from those triggers, but you were talking about identifying those triggers so that we can honestly deal with what we need to deal with and continue the process of healing. I love and it. We I have love it. We're getting good. Question. We have just hit the 10-minute mark. In fact, it's 9.53. All right. We, we are getting to the end of the conversation. <laughs> Keisha, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Um, and I want you to talk to three different type of people, okay? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to pray or however you want to do it. First, I want you to talk to the little girl and the little boy that is observing or has observed their mother or father being abused. Then I want you to talk to um, the one who is being abused and then the abuser as well. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you about five, six minutes to do that. Okay. Okay, this is for the young girl who is a young man or young boy who had had to endure some form of abuse or watch your parents fight each other or go through that. I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain. I know you're scared, but you don't have to deal with it. This may be your present situation right now, but don't allow your present situation of what your parents are doing or what you are seeing to allow it to impact your future. For the woman whose husband is beating her or hitting her or the boyfriend I know you're scared. I know you feel like you're stuck. I know you feel like there's no way out. I know you feel like he may try to kill you. 
and you feel like nobody knows your pain and nobody can identify your hurt, but I know what you're living through. I haven't been beaten with the physical scars, but I've been wounded emotionally. Two different things I know, but nevertheless, pain is pain. You don't have to deal with it. I'm advising you to seek help, to seek help, to reach out. Reach out to your local domestic violence shelter. Reach out to the law enforcement. Get into protective custody. But reach out. Your life matters. You matter. Your children matter. You are worthy. He has hit you. He has bruised you. He has wounded you. But you do not have to cry anymore. You do not have to live in fear. Fear cannot hold you. And I believe I'm supposed to talk to the young man or the man whose wife may be abusing you. I'm working on another book called He Said, She Said. And it deals with men who suffers in silence. You too have a voice. I know you can't tell your boys. I know you can't tell them how your wife is treating you because you don't want to look like a punk or you don't want to look less of a man, but you're still a man and you still have a voice and you still are powerful. I know she doesn't probably deserve you, but you deserve better. You don't have to stay for the kids. You can do better. Counseling, therapy, but get help. If she's not willing to do it with you, then you know what you have to do. But get help. Don't live in silence. Don't suffer in silence. So this is my encouragement to anyone who is hurting. God knows and hears all your pain. He is available when no one else is. If you can't reach out to your friends or your loved ones or law enforcement, you can always go to the God of your understanding. Be blessed. I thank you for having me on this broadcast. It was a pleasure. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. Thank you, Prophet. You are welcome. Listen, tell the audience where they can purchase your book. Okay, the book. The book is on Amazon and Smashwords, but go to Amazon. I like Amazon better. Okay, it's Girl, Get Your Power Back. Yes, download Also, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Also, let them know where they can reach you on social media. There may be somebody that's out there looking for a coach, looking for a speaker for an event, or they just want to talk to you about their situation. Real quick, tell them where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Facebook, KMB, Speak to Motivate You. That's Speak, number two. Motivate, and then a letter U on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, KNB Speak to Motivate You, and I'm available to speak. I'm available for one-on-one coaching sessions, and hit me up. I would love to meet with you, pray with you, encourage you, 
I'm available. Awesome. Keisha, thank you again for joining us on tonight and sharing such a powerful story. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To the listeners, I thank you for tuning in on tonight and for your support. I will be back next month on May 24th where our guest will be Pastor Shaquan Gray, and our conversation will be about transformative identity, transformative identity. All right, be sure to follow me on all of my social media platforms and feel free to visit my website at www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. And as I always say, create a great day by walking with purpose and executing your vision. Be blessed. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of this particular broadcast. Clifton has been with Off the Chain with his own show now. This is your third show, right, Clifton? He is awesome. The second, second. Second show. It's the second show. And so I just... Because we have such a reach, ladies and gentlemen, we reach over 250,000 people in over 200 countries. And this is an opportunity for him to bring on his guests and give them the exposure that they deserve and to help someone. So if you are in pain, if you are indeed hurting, be male, female, child, teenager, it doesn't matter you can contact Clifton or Keisha. They can get you to the places that you need. This show was very near and dear to my heart as a survivor of domestic abuse. I know exactly mm. where Keisha has been. And I don't consider myself a victim. I consider myself a survivor because I walked that yes. down and came out on the other side. Yes. So reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out because if you don't reach out, then that's when you the fear is real. Mm-hmm. And when when someone steals your power, yes. that's when the fear is real. So don't allow them mm-hmm. to steal your power. Am I right, guys? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and if, if you did let them steal your power, get that power back. By get it back. Forth. Yep. <laughs> you can yep. get it back. And and I have a, a mantra. They can only kill me once. Come on. That's, right? That's powerful. You Come need on. that on a T-shirt. You can only <laughs> kill me once. <laughs> so, and, I, and when you kill me, I'm going to be with my God, so I'm not really worried about it. Come on. Yep, so that's true. awesome. And, and ladies and gentlemen, off, off, off the chain has not gone away. I have been uh, taking a hiatus. As you all know, I lost my husband. But I'm going to be revamping the show, and we will start back up in a couple, three months, and we're going to do a different thing. We're going to start talking about cold cases. So stay tuned for that. Until then, again, thank you, Clifton, for, for taking you. this segment and running with it and doing an excellent job. And thank you, Keisha, for being thank his you. guest. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed myself. And the, she's going to count us down. If y'all want to stay and talk for a few minutes after, or if you want to hang up, that's entirely up to y'all. As, as I told you before the show went live, the people that listen to the show in archives get to hear even better. So,
So I will leave it up to you because she's counting us down until next month when Clifton is back with Transformation Radio and his new guest. We say goodnight. Okay, we're off the air, guys. Do y'all want to stay on for a few minutes? Are you ready to sign off? What do y'all want to do? We can start I don't know. For you, a couple of minutes. You tell me. I'm yeah, here. Yeah, I, I definitely want to bring you back um, okay. in the future because I didn't even get the half of the questions I had. <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> and and you, were, you were calm and poised. You, I don't oh, know if you, you were nervous, but you, you did an I excellent was. job. You did an excellent I job was. communicating. And, and knowing you and have I've seen your – Seeing your progress and your transformation, mm. it, it's just awesome. Man, did you and, see and my Keisha video did yesterday? The, did the hour not go by fast? Yes, ma'am, it did. I was sitting <laughs> here like, I was like, oh, this is, I could go on and on. Let's get to the third <laughs> chapter of the book. <laughs> and you know, we didn't even get to talk about your play and everything. So once you get me the information okay. on that, I'll, I'll definitely make sure that I, um, Mention it on the shows in the months to come as well. Okay, I just have to, you know, my issue is staying on track because when you ask me a question, yeah. I'm always conscious of trying to like, okay, don't go off, you know, too far. To if the you left. go off track, he'll just take it and go off track with you. That's that's why yeah, we're that doing is, a that, show. That, that's how it isn't off the chain. It, exactly. It's not, like, not anything that, that's why I didn't send you out questions because I didn't want you to get so stuck in the formality of it. I just okay. want us to go with the flow because if we go with the flow, it's somebody that's going to call in or somebody that's, and I forgot to even give the number for them to call in again, but it's somebody <laughs> that's listening that will hear the, that will need to hear what it is we're talking about that night. So right. just flow, go with it. it doesn't, I, I don't have a script. I just, like I said, I wrote down uh, these questions or these statements and I was just going to let us flow from it. So yeah, My next time you're on well, I have yeah, talked to him so well. Yes, that's, yes. That's amazing. Like, I, I, I commend you both for doing that. Well, uh, years com- ago, I watched, I grew up watching Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson was mm-hmm. the best interviewer, barring none out there. Even now, he was the best talk show host I have ever seen. Because he would have mm-hmm. his note cards, and he would have uh, – Things on his, he would have notes on the note cards. Well, if you watch the show, more times than not, the note cards wound up over his shoulder on the floor because one question would lead to another question, and pretty soon they wouldn't even be mm-hmm. talking about what he had on his note cards. And it would be the best mm-hmm. interviews out there. Right. Right. And their 15 minutes would be up in, in no time, and you go, but I wasn't through listening to them. Well, this is what right. we wanted to do on these shows is, is have mm-hmm. the audience say, okay, when are they coming back? I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I feel like when, when interviews are like that, they're more organic. They're not, excuse me, they're not staged. They're not, you know, planned out. I don't know word for word what you're going to say. You don't know right. word for word what I'm going to say. Right. And people – People seem to gravitate to that because they feel like, oh, wow, you're willing to be transparent and vulnerable, you know, yeah. on the show. So if you're willing to do that, then I can be willing to do that in my life as well. Right. That's true. That does yeah. definitely give you freedom. You know, that's but how you I'm very, very well for your first time. This was interesting. I was nervous. I was definitely nervous. 
You didn't have to I, be I nervous. nervous. Just just having yeah, a conversation. Yeah, and see, I, I didn't mean, even tell her how it, many how many people easy. knew it and all that stuff. I didn't. Oh, tell thank her that. God you didn't tell me that. I probably would have been really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you're broken, Keisha, so when you come back again, you know what to expect, you know how much fun it is, and you can just sit down and have your cup of coffee or your glass of tea or your Coke or whatever yeah. you're drinking and just have a conversation with Clifton and just roll with it. Yeah, now I can roll with it because I'm like, y'all broke me in. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, wow. So you guys and have whatever's on your heart, yeah. Followers? 250,000 plus, yes. Because, see, wow. after tonight, when this show goes up in archives, I'm going to put this show up on my page. I'm going to tag Clifton. He's going to tag you, and then you, in turn, will tag all your social network. But this show also goes up on Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, <laughs> FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, on two podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Podcast.com, and Podcast Garden. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm I'm really humbled though by it because she opened up her platform, you know, right. her audience. You know, that, that was I remember last month I was like so nervous at first I was like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, don't want to do the wrong she was like, It's your okay. show <laughs> 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 you know, but, and I'm so I really am grateful for her. I tell everybody and everybody that comes on I want them to meet her so they can see, you know, just how pure and how precious her heart really is. And we've right. never met. We Uh-oh. have never That's met amazing. Yeah, we've never That's met. I've been amazing. on her show two times, and we had a great time on both shows. And, and wow! Just, and and there is a there is a a calling there in in our society right now. There is a need and a calling for this type of show because I firmly believe, with all of my heart, that people are searching. Yes. For peace, for strength, mm-hmm. for truth. Yep. For God. Yep. 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 They are. They they trying to get it from anywhere that they can, and they want it authentic, though. You know, yes. I think, I think that's what people are. They're looking for realness, um, transparency, and you know, sometimes people tell me I'm too transparent, and I just tell my business. But I, I feel like if I don't. If people don't see you struggle and see you get back up, how can they know that they can get back up? You know, so I just think you have to be real and, and authentic with people. Well, we can tell and people they all day long how to live their lives, but if we don't lead by example, it's yeah. like blowing in the wind. Nobody's going to pay attention to us. No, yeah. Nobody. And, so and the reason I, I, my personal opinion, humble though it is, in for whatever it's worth, is that we have our own trials and struggles for a reason. God puts us Mm. in these places for a reason. And if our reason is to help someone else, then it was not for nothing. Right. 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 And he only allows trials and troubles and tribulations to those people who are strong enough to handle it. I firmly believe that. Right. Mm. So I true. believe that with all of my heart because there's not very many people that have gone through what some of the people that I know have gone through and what I have gone through and what you have gone through and what Clifton has gone through that have come mm-hmm. out on the other side. We right. might be battle-worn, weary, and scarred, but we're still standing. 
We're still mm-hmm. standing. Yep. Yep, That's there's so wrestling in our body. Yep, so I will add you, my new friend, to my prayer list. Clifton is already Thank there. You. Thank you. Thank you. I need all the prayer I could get. <laughs> well, Clifton, let's end this show with prayer. Yes. All right, Keisha, go ahead. Father God, we come before you right now, Lord God, to just to say thank you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity, Lord God. Father God, thank you for the broadcast. Thank you for everyone that was listening on tonight, Lord God. Father God, allow your word to just heal and restore, Lord God. Allow what was said on tonight's broadcast, Lord God, to help someone else, Lord God. Allow this broadcast to be used for your glory, Lord God, and to help encourage others, Lord God. I thank you for these two vessels, Lord God. I thank you for their dedication, their loyalty to your vision, Lord God. I thank you for their heart, their pure genuineness, Lord God. Father God, I thank you. I can't thank you enough, Lord God, for everything that you're doing with us and through us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it an evening. Clifton, just let me know when you want to get her back on the show. We'll set it up. And um, you're going places, my friends. You're going places. me? This one. Both of you. Clifton is going. She's going. going You are too, girl. I'm coming behind you. I'll be your stage manager. <laughs> hey, come on, we can work this vision. Keisha, why don't you friend manager. me on Facebook? Go on, go on Clifton's yes, page ma'am. and friend me on Facebook because mm-hmm. I have a lot of inspirational um, things that I, I put up. Uh huh. And I sure um, will. I, and I will send you a link to a blog that I do. It's called "For All Things There Is a Season." Okay. And I think you will find some interesting things there. Thank you. All right. But I told, but a side note, I told Clifton that he was going to be on TV. He did years, years ago. ago. And I years it, ago. She did. She did. And I, I, I think I remember. I think I told you after she had presented to me the opportunity for radio because I followed it. I followed uh-huh. the whole process. But she did. And, she yeah, did. I she saw did. that. Yeah, so. And you, Clifton, when a door's open, mm-hmm. if you don't walk through it, you know what happens. Right. You may right. or may I'm not ever get that opportunity now. again. Right. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm walking through them now. My this I, my yes to this show was, was me walking through it. And I said, any other one that opens up, I'm walking through go. it. There you go. That's awesome. You're so a get natural me, at it. it. He is good at it. He's a, he is a mm-hmm. natural. Get me next month's guest so I can get the show up because I may be okay. gone, and I will get you the information so that you can run the show by yourself. It's real simple. Okay. Okay. All right, my no friend. I have, I'll get you all the information by the end of next week because he's going to submit everything to me uh, the beginning of next week. So. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Right. And get Miss Keisha back on because I want to hear more about her book and her success definitely, story. Definitely. definitely. Yes. She'll be back. Okay. Um, so send me a link. I want to befriend her. Okay. I'll get you. I got you. Okay. All, All right. right. And, with, and with that, I'm going to say good night, y'all. 
Good night. Good night. All right. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.